Hello and welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks and I'm joined by my co-host Rosemary Orchard. And this is where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rose. Hey, David. How are you? Uh, this is so exciting. This is, uh, you know, the week that we're getting new iPhones and iOS 16 is releasing. And yeah. we wanted to spend some time today talking about all the fun automation tools you're going to be getting when you install iOS 16. But before we dig into iOS 16, I want to take a minute to talk about St. Jude because it's September, gang, and it's time for the annual community support of St. Jude. Every year, Relay FM does an annual drive for St. Jude, and we love collecting money and helping St. Jude. St. Jude is a children's research hospital finding cures and saving children. As you know, we have a personal relationship with St. Jude at Relay. They took care of Stephen's son when he was fighting cancer. But it runs so much deeper than that because anybody can give money to St. Jude and that money goes to helping cure diseases in children. Now, this year, the goal is $494,000, but we really want to get there. We have a long way to go. As I record this, we're only at $80,000, but everyone at Relay is here pitching in, myself included. There's a lot of cool stuff related to this. If you donate $60 or $100, you get limited time Relay FM rewards. If you've got an employer that matches donations, this is the time to take advantage of that. Help out St. Jude. Make every $1 you donate turn into $2 with employer matching. And best of all, there's going to be the Relay FM Podcastathon on September 16th, which you can watch. There's a link at this website. So head over to stjude.org slash relay today. Join in on the fun of this. And this is fun. And also do some real good and help out St. Jude. Uh, this is one of the things I feel very privileged to take a part in every year, and I hope you do too. Once again, that link is stjude.org slash relay. Help us all take on childhood cancer and help us all do some good. All right, now let's talk some nerdy stuff. Just as a clarifier for everybody, like we're, we are recording this before the Apple announcement, but I know I am right in saying that there will be a gorgeous sort of plum aubergine color metallic uh, purple iPhone Pro. Like that, that's happening. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've all heard me now predict the future. You can send me the congratulatory messages. And if there isn't one, then, um, well, um, Tim Cook, I, I'm going to have to send a letter. Um, like I, I need to send the emails, I think. I, I'm, I need that purple iPhone, David. We need proper purple. Yeah, when I I'm saw the out. rumors, because it's been uh, before the event, there are a lot of rumors that it's going to be purple. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I was thought about you immediately. I'm like, oh, it's the Rosemary Orchard year. Yeah, I mean, we've had green, we've had blue, um, and I feel like if you're transitioning around the color wheel, purple is the obvious next choice, right? Because, you know, between um, yellow and, and blue, you've got the green, so it's primary colors, and so therefore the, the other primary color to transition to will be red, and you have to go via purple. Like, we can just stop at purple as far as I'm concerned and just live there forever, but, you know, yeah. hopefully we'll get a purple I know that's your year. color. That's your color. It's definitely my color. Um, somebody at work saw something the other day that was really purple. I don't even remember what it was. It was a very, I think it was just like a strange looking kitchen utensil. And they just put a photo in it and said, I immediately, uh, in our in our group chat, and immediately said, I immediately thought of Rose. So, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. clearly my purple love is well known, but I think that's a good thing. So going in, and then we're recording this a few days before the event, but so we yeah. really don't know anything, but. Do you have any idea which phone you kind of think you want going in? Yeah. So, I mean, I love the idea of the Pro Max. Um, and I've had the Pro Max before. It's a great device. Uh, it's too big. Um, 
it, it, it just gets to the point where it's unwieldy to hold for me and uncomfortable. And I have an iPad mini. Um, now, my mom has been sort of attempting to eye up my iPad mini and making subtle, you know, hints of, you know, that that device size looks really small. Um, oh, that looks like I could always just have that in my handbag. Um, but I, I've, I think if if she gets an iPad mini, she's getting her own uh, because it's purple. Um, so how could I let that go? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'm I think I'm sticking with the just pro no max unless they do something amazing with the camera. Seems unlikely, though. What about that, you? That's sometimes like they do have like the better camera sometimes in the max size. Um, so yeah. the last year I was on the standard size iPhone Pro and it was fine. And I've had the maxes in the past and those were fine, too. Um, I do kind of like maybe it's, uh, you know, a thing about as you get older, your eyes get worse. I do kind of like the the bigger phone. <laughs> it's easier to read. And and um, I, I don't know, though, I, I, I think I'm leaning this year towards going to the max size. But mm-hmm. even hasn't happened yet. I haven't I haven't entered the reality distortion field. So who knows how it's all going to play out? Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? Until we actually know what's on offer in them. Like when when the 10s came out, I was mad. Like, I don't need that. There's no reason for me to get a 10s. Uh, I have the 10. It's great. And then I realized that there were physical dual SIM iPhones available from uh, Hong Kong running standard iOS because the other ones uh, from from China are running the modified for China iOS version. Yeah. Um, but the Hong Kong ones are running standard. Uh, and so, you know, I, I ended up buying a, a Hong Kong iPhone 10s because it had um, the NFC scanning as well. Um, without having to open another app first. You know, the 10 had an NFC tag reader in it, but it didn't just uh, let you read an NFC tag by just sort of, uh, you know, placing your phone towards it. So, yeah, uh, that, that that's how that happened. And I was sure I would be fine. And this year I feel like I'm fine, but I also think I'm going to end up upgrading for some reason. Like Apple always comes out with something. Plus, you know, it's kind of part of my job to have the latest and greatest shiny thing. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a purple one. Yeah, I always get a new one every year. I can't help myself. We do we do recycle them down through the family. Yeah, same. And, and same. one comes out the bottom, and I I sell it back. But the um, but I, I don't know what I'll be getting. But I, I'm leaning towards Max. But I don't know. Like I said, it's always kind of fun though to uh, to speculate. But the good news yeah. is Apple's going to have answers out by the time the show publishes. But you know what we don't have to speculate about is the the new features coming to shortcuts. Uh, both you and I installed the very first beta as soon as this thing mm-hmm. shipped and we have uh, been using them extensively um we both have made publications i made a field guide you made a book about shortcuts so yep. we kind of make it our business to dig in on this stuff and uh, this is the show man because if yeah. apple f- follows suit again this is kind of a guess early but usually they release the um they have the announcement on Wednesday. My guess will be that they'll probably release iOS 16 the following Wednesday, and then the iPhone a couple of days after that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of anticipating, um, you know, from a developer perspective, that like I, iOS stuff is gonna be gonna have to be ready to ship on the Friday. Um, just because sometimes they do that, like, yeah. you know, yeah, you can order the new iPhone from like next Friday or next Wednesday, and new iOS is available on Friday. Um, and it's also just enough, it's just long enough because they don't quite so aggressively push the, the official, like first release of things, um, that people get the new iPhone and then have to upgrade their old iPhone so that they can, you know, actually transfer everything across successfully because, you know, every so often like setting something up from a different iOS version, especially the, the new iPhones, which ship with 
usually a like a slight pre-release um, version, it it doesn't always go perfectly smoothly. So fingers crossed that will end up being okay. But there's no new iPad OS yet, David. Uh, iOS or iPad OS 16.0 is dead. It's it's not coming. They've they told us the first one we're getting is 16.1. Yeah, which doesn't entirely surprise me. Um, no, you know, they they did a lot this year with Stage Manager and and you yeah, know, the the iPhone is where Apple makes the most amount of money. I said this on Mac power users last week, but that's the one thing that could get Tim cook fired would be botching an iPhone launch. So yeah, of course they're going to spend a lot of time, you know, making sure the iPhone is right on target and everything's good when they launch that. And whether it releases on Friday or the following Wednesday, this show will release on the Friday. So we're hoping that we get this in your inbox shortly before or right as the new operating system releases. So you can, Go to your phone and start playing with the new toys as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we will. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm I'm crossing my fingers that it's it's gonna all work out uh, perfectly, and you know we'll we'll just continue to be amazing as we always are, David. Yeah. On today for the Automators Max, we're going to go ahead and talk about iOS 17 because why not, right? Rose and yeah. I still have wishes and ideas, so we thought that'd be fun for the bonus episode today. But let's get it back to, you know, what people are getting now with iOS 16. Uh, we've got various categories to go through. Yeah. Um, what about, you want to talk about Sherlock first? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, iOS 16 Sherlocked some shortcut sortimations that I was doing, and I'm sure a bunch of other people were doing, because I'm pretty certain that Apple doesn't have somebody just watching my anonymized iPhone usage and going, right, okay, that's what she's doing. We're going to add that feature for everyone. Um, but they, they've killed, David, they've killed my need to use the set Apple watch face uh, action and the set background action because they've built it into focus modes, Yeah, which I'm so excited about because this is very clearly in a case of Apple listening um, to user requests and what people are doing and going, well, why don't we just build that in? Clearly people want this. Let's just put it everywhere for them. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about focus mode in detail because uh, the changes this year are substantial, way more for year two than I ever expected. And yeah. it has changed the way I'm using focus modes. I was already a fan. Now I'm a bigger fan. And yes. we're going to give that an entire episode. So that will either be the next episode or the episode after that. We're booking some guests right now. So it kind of depends. But um, if you're interested in focus mode, just stay stay tuned. We got more content coming on that. But yeah, one of the pieces of it is historically when you'd say a focus mode, if you wanted to customize the look of things, you had to you know run additional scripts. Now it's all tied into one. You can set the watch face and the home screen um, and even the lock screen uh, based on which focus mode you're in, which is really cool. But um, let's put a pin in that one because there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, there is. And uh, I think we're I think we're going to have to come back to this one later because there is just so much that you can you can do with a focus mode um but you know there that's you know that's that's not all that they've done because they've really you know integrated everything um but they've also just kind of gone through and updated a bunch of things and honestly i'm really excited by the new lock screen widgets david um because i think that they are going to solve a lot of problems for people um, with regards to e having easy access to contextual data at the right time especially when combined with the with the fact that you can set your your lock screen um, for your focus mode too, so that you know you've got your lock screen, your home screen, and um, and your uh, your Apple Watch face, so you can have that data right there. 
And, you know, the, the today screen, like that widget view to the left of the home screen, it's not gone yet. But I'm wondering if that's going to disappear kind of soon now that we've got lock screen widgets. I hope it doesn't, honestly, because I, I still find that really useful. I put a collection of widgets over there that I may always want to see. They don't necessarily tie to an individual focus like the podcast app there. The weather app is there like stuff I just want to get to quickly, but it doesn't matter what focus mode I'm in. And mm-hmm. so I actually use that. I, I use more widgets than fit on the screen. It scrolls down for me. Um, so hopefully that that stays for me at least. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you in general that, you know, the whole thing is becoming a much more customizable experience. Um, let's talk a little bit since we're talking iOS 16. This isn't quite automation yet, but we're going to get there in a minute. But the whole idea of these lock screen widgets, um, uh, some of this stuff is beta. We probably can't talk about it all, but I can tell you that I've been included in some third party betas and Mm. I feel like the focus, I'm sorry, the lock screen widgets, actually, there's like two levels of making this better. The first is getting apps other than Apple's apps in. So, you know, your particular task manager or whatever it is that you want to get data from, I think that's going to make it better. And I think the big move is going to be when they they get that always on screen, which is highly rumored. And, and it'll be shocking if it's not true that the yeah. iPhone... Uh, the next version of the iPhone Pro will have a screen that doesn't turn off. So if you've got a widget on your screen and you set your phone down next to your computer, you can look down at any time and see your next event or your time or whatever it is that you want to see. Yeah, I really hope if they do do that, that like um, just like the the Apple Watch has got a nightstand mode, that they implement the same kind of thing on um, your iPhone. Um, Because I, I don't know about you and all the folks listening at home, but I have quite a few of those uh, sort of like upright chargers. I've got um, an Anchor Mag Go magnetic charging stand, um, and I've got by my bed. Um, Apple frequently partner with them. Belkin. I've got the uh, the trio. So on the left, it's got the MagSafe uh, pad. On the right, it's got the Apple Watch pad. And on the base, you can sort of drop your AirPods for charging. I have that by my bed. Um, if if my iPhone is uh, stood upright and it's glowing all night, that is going to really annoy me. But I'm sure they'll have thought about this and and just like. Uh, the Apple Watch, you know, while it's in sleep mode, it will then, um, you know, not show your watch face uh, or, or not show um, your uh, your your iPhone home screen. Um, it'll just be, you know, black until you sort of tap it or something, um, which, you know, I think would work quite well. Um, or maybe it'll be like the Samsung Frame TV and use ambient light where it can just turn off completely when it guesses it's dark enough. But uh, we'll have to see. I have the the stand, the MagSafe stand from Studio Neat. It's very nice. It's a piece of walnut. It also charges the the watch, which I think I'm going to keep next to my bed. I don't need it vertical next to my bed, but I do like the idea of getting a vertical one on my desk next to my Mac. Mm-hmm. And I don't own one. I'd like to get one that works with the MagSafe puck. But beyond that, I don't know what I should get. Do you have any recommendations? I mean, honestly, I really like uh, my my anchor one that uh, I have, um, and I'm just looking to see exactly what the name is now, so I can put a, a link to it in the show notes for folks. Um, and of course, I'm not finding it on the anchor website because they started with a few MagSafe accessories, and then they kind of revamped um, how they were doing um, their 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 MagSafe. Or it's it's not officially magnetic uh, MagSafe; it's a magnetic wireless uh, charging okay. stand because uh, that allows them to not have to use the um the magsafe stuff 
Um, but I'll see if I can find a link to it. It's not showing up, unfortunately, immediately on the website for me, which is a little bit of a shame, but I'm, I'm sure it's just hiding somewhere. Um, so I'll have to take a look and see what I can find. Yeah, I'm generally a fan of Anchor products. I feel like it's like a reliable company. Yes, yeah, it, it really is. And honestly, my my charging my charger is really good. I I like it. It's got um uh while it's got a Qi charger in the base, and then it's got the magnetic charger above, so you can put like your AirPods on the base as well. Uh, and I found just sort of littering these two in one or three in one stands around my home is the way to make sure that things actually get charged and stay charged. Um, I do quite like uh, Anchor. Do you have a, a new new version um, in their Mag Go lineup? Um, where they've got the, um, uh, it's a, uh, battery magnetic charger. So the actual magnetic charging part that you connect your phone to is also a battery. So you can just slide it up and out and take it with you, which means that the battery is always charged. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. Um, I think, uh, what I'm seeing is the closest that they have to, to my, um, charger at the moment is the. Anchor 533 magnetic wireless charger three in one stand, which is $59.99. But don't forget, Anchor stuff always goes on sale. Um, and it's got a Mac, it's sort of a MagSafe uh, charger for your iPhone or MagSafe like, um, and uh, the AirPods charger in the base and a space for your Apple Watch charger. You'll have to provide your own cable, but it looks uh, pretty similar. So I'll make sure that we pop a link to that into our show notes for folks. I like the 12 South one too. Just looking here as we talk, they've got one where it incorporates the MagSafe puck. So, and it allows you to adjust the angle so you can like adjust it or even turn it. Oh, the high rise one. Um, is that it? It is called a 12 South Forte for iPhone. Ah. F-O-R-T-E. Nice. I'll get a link to that in the show notes. Cause I, I like their high rise. That's also a three in one charging stand. Um, it's got like the, you pop the Apple watch on the back of it. Um, there's the AirPods charger in the base and then your phone magnetizes to the front. That's oh, man, cool. that's nice too, but that one's a little expensive, but yeah, that's it is, but it's currently on sale for $20 less, which, um, you know, 12 self products don't go on sale quite as much as the, um, uh, Okay. Do. What, so. what are we doing here, guys? I uh, well, oh, that's going to cost enabling me David. That's what we're doing. Yeah, um, <laughs> clearly, clearly. I like the fact that the Forte has a separate Apple Watch charger. As a side note, um, but yeah, I'll put links to the uh, Studio Neat um, stuff and uh, the Twelve South options in our show notes for everyone, so that they can go and have a look. The only thing I don't like about Anchor is how quickly they change their product lineup. It feels like I did not get this charger that long ago, but it just doesn't exist on the website anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I'm going to put a pin in that one. But the uh, yeah, so, you know, kind of getting back to the feature, you can put widgets on the home screen if you get the Pro Watch, the Pro phone. That's at least the speculation as we record this. And I think very likely that you will be able to have that always on. And so suddenly your phone can become a little status display to you as you're sitting there working. Mm. And charge at the same time. So I, I'm a big fan and I, uh, I think that's going to be a great feature. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by SetApp, where you can access more than 240 powerful apps. Try it for free for a month with the code AUTOMATORS. There's an app for everything these days. Some are great and others not so much. So how do you quickly find the right one for you? A great way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools you need to get the work done is SetApp, a subscription for Mac and iPhone apps. SetApp packs over 240 high-quality apps into one. 
There's an app for almost any task, so you don't need to look a ton of places to find what you need. With SetApp, you can think about your tasks, not apps. SetApp has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps. Plus, instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. New apps are added to SetApp regularly. Updates are free, and all the apps are full-featured pro versions. I think it's hilarious in that people recommend apps to me, like people who I know who love an app. And so often I find the app in setup. So I'm already, I've already got access to the app with my setup subscription and I didn't even know I had it. So I go in and download it. And so often it's true. And I add it to the mix. Now until September 15, if you use the code automators, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R-S, you get a free month, free trial. That's a great idea. Go in there, try it for a month and just see how much you love all these great setup apps. So head over to setup.com and redeem your code. That's S-E-T-A-P-P.com with the code automators. And our thanks to Setup for the support of the automators and all of Relay FM. All right, we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Let's talk about some automation. <laughs> we, we had started, okay. we started with the Sherlock automations. Yeah, yeah. And then we got a little sidetracked. Though, I mean, tying back into the automation theme, I feel I should mention, you know, there's a lot of app developers of the apps that we know and love and talk about all the time who are releasing lock screen widgets, which will enable you to get your automations in front of your face. Yeah. Um, and the, the notable lock screen widget that's missing is shortcuts. There is no shortcut widget for the lock screen. Um, but I'm pleased to report um, that I've been talking to some folks and... Um, uh, the folks over at Launcher are actually doing this for us. They are letting you add your own lock screen widgets, which will run a shortcut. So, uh, you know, that's they're hoping to get that out with iOS 16. Um, obviously, App Store View could possibly be the uh, the failure point there. I know that they're going to work as hard as they can on it, but I've been trying the beta and it's awesome. Um, you know, just being able to give myself a button that I can tap it and it, it'll do whatever it is that I need it to do. Uh, it's great. I'm not sure Apple would do it because it seems to me like, you know, shortcuts is interactive and the whole idea of these lock screen widgets is to be passive. Yeah, but equally, they'll let you run it from a double tap on the back of your iPhone, which is yeah. incredibly easy to accidentally trigger. Um, so, you know, um, I I don't know what's what's happening there, but I feel like maybe maybe this ties in with some of the other missing in action uh, features, which aren't unfortunately in shortcuts yet. Uh, you know, we got the ability to send email later. But not through a shortcut. Uh, we got medication tracking, not in shortcuts. Yeah. We got stops in maps, but we can't add them in shortcuts. Yeah. Um, and and those are those are the three things that stand out to me as kind of like missing and are very much on my wish list. And I'm really hoping they don't go into the iOS 17 bucket. Uh, please, anybody at Apple who's listening, who has influence, who can help make this happen, like give the maps team and the mail team and the uh, health team some support in integrating this stuff, please. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, other than that, um, you know, there's only about like 500 new shortcuts actions, David there, you know, we'll cover that in an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, can I start with mail? Cause I am, there's one here in particular that I'm very excited about. And that is an Apple mail. If you use Apple mail, you can now configure it so it can open a specific mailbox. And this is a feature that we had in earlier iterations of shortcuts, but to make it happen, was one of those things where you threw salt over your left shoulder and spun around three times. You had to, the trick was you went into Apple Mail and you just kept opening the mailbox. And eventually, if you went in the shortcuts app, it would 
spit up a, a selected or a recommended action of saying, well, open the Max Barkey inbox. You keep opening that one. So do you want to do that? And then it went away. Yeah. And yeah. like I included it in the one of the original iterations of the shortcuts for iPhone field guide. And people started writing me saying, oh, this what happened. This doesn't work anymore. And Apple, for whatever reason, just really didn't address it. And I guess yeah. maybe it stopped watching mail. It may have been a privacy or a security thing. But now they have an action where you can say, open this particular mailbox. You don't have to throw salt yeah. anymore. You just throw in an action and you're off to the races. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think what this really is, is, um, you know, this is a reflection of the change that they've made to make it easier for all developers to add actions to their shortcuts. And I, when when custom shortcuts actions first came out, they were kind of talking about this whole like donating based on usage. So like as you do things more frequently, those actions appear. And how what is frequent? How do you define frequent? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's a question. You know, how long is a piece of string? Is there string? Does string exist? Is it string theory, perhaps? Um, these questions were the ones that app developers were attempting to answer for themselves. And some app developers went, hey, a person does this. I'm going to just say they can get a shortcut action for it if they do it once. Yeah. Uh, some other app developers were just like, yeah, if they tap on this button, I'm just going to donate the, the action. Uh, yeah. And that'll be it. Um, and others, you know, were trying to do very careful, like, watching usage and recommending things and i feel like the mail team probably really overthought it um and they were watching and then they went oh they're maybe not opening this mailbox quite as frequently at the moment i'm gonna undonate that action yeah and then the problem with undonating an action is it doesn't show up anymore and you can copy and paste it from old uh shortcuts but i feel like it got a new id when it got re-added and then like the old one stopped working and oh god yeah it was it was a mess but i feel like we've had some really good updates here which is really going to help us out because you know mail's got so many new actions that it's just great you know um aside from not being able to uh send send an email later it feels like we've got new features in mail that are really helpful to people like being able to um you know remind me of something later but the fact that we have, you know, open specific mailboxes, open the VIP mailbox, um, and setting our focus filters through shortcuts, which we'll have to get to in a future episode if we ever want to finish here today. Yeah. Um, you know, th that they've really integrated it into, you know, the automation experience. And and I'm really excited by that. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good argument for using mail, which yeah. there haven't been many of those for a while. And um No. The, uh, no, the I'm actually using mail again, like now, because I can actually say, hey, open a specific mailbox. And I can also filter my mailboxes based on my focus mode, um, which, you know, that that to me makes mail usable because I like to have all my email in one place. But if I'm not working, I don't want to see my work email Yeah. while I'm working. I don't necessarily want to have like all of my other mail front and center. Um, I want it there so I can go look for it if I need it. But I don't want to be focusing on it. Um, I don't want that to be the default when I open the app. And now now I have that option. And what I really like, thanks to the open mail, um, open mailbox action is that I can have different um, home screen buttons for different mail accounts. So I can actually, you know, have two mail apps, big air quotes there, um, in uh, certain focus modes, which will just take me to specific inboxes yeah. um, so that I can, you know, handle whatever it is that I'm up to appropriately. And it's also this this new action is really good for mode shifting. If you just want yeah. to say, I want to start, you know, 
answering customer service email. And then it can set a timer and timery and it can open the inbox and it can play some nice music. You can, it's really kind of like the ideal situation. Um, yes. Do you, so we've had this long hiatus in new features in Apple mail and uh, you know, I have my own theory on it. I think they were working on security for a long time, but for whatever reason, I think now they're, they're starting to turn their attention on more UI and user focused features. So we got a bunch this year, you know, send later and some other stuff. Do you think this is like a one and done? Like they, they're going to leave mail to stagnate again? Or do you think this is going to be the beginning of like additional features like we got with Apple notes and reminders? I'm going to be optimistic and say this is the beginning of a new chapter of automation-focused mail. Me too. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not 100% certain it is, but I feel like they've they've really been listening to user feedback and they've looked at the features that other people are using other mail apps for. Um, you know, they've not implemented Snooze. They've implemented Remind Me Later because this is Apple and they always have to do their own special thing. Yeah. But equally, um, you know, Actually, snoozing mail sometimes is not what I want. Um, sometimes it is what I want. Um, I, I want to just hide it until a specific date, sort of like a, a GTD tickler thing. But sometimes it's just that, you know, like I need like I need to like still have this around, but I just will be reminded about this on Tuesday uh, yeah. because I'm not working right now and I'll, I'll deal with this later type thing. Um, but, you know, and, and, and so, you know, it, it's good that we've got that. Hopefully we will get actual snooze at some point. That would be really good. Please, Apple, like just archive it temporarily or something, whatever. Um, you know, well, add a snooze folder. Uh, be like every other mail client and add your own folders to things. It's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm optimistic this is going to be n- the new chapter of Apple Mail. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I feel like they, they're moving now. They're not going to stop. And... And you know that people working on Apple Mail want to put these features in, right? It's not like they're yeah. being uh, jerks about it. I think they've just probably no. been really busy with other stuff. But I, I really hope yeah. this is the beginning. Yeah, well, I think it's just like the folks over on the iWork team. It's not that they didn't want to add Mail Merge back. It was that they had to deal with all the other things um, and probably a whole bunch of groundwork that they had to lay for a, a number of other things um, that they could do before they could re-implement Mail Merge after taking it out. And now we've got an amazing mail merge. Thanks, great folks at iWork, um, which, you know, is, is better than what we had before. And I can do it even on my iPhone. Yeah. So hopefully the mail team has just been, you know, laying a lot of groundwork and updating things here and there and getting everything, you know, into the state where they can then just continually add awesome, great new features on a regular basis. Go you know, vertical. If they're, yeah. 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 If, if their implementation of the focus modes is there a thing to go by? I, I'm going to be very, very optimistic there. All right. So I talked a minute ago about Apple Notes. And Apple Notes right now seems to be kind of like the poster child for this new you know, strategy for the native apps of, like, let's slowly get them better every year. Um, Apple Notes has been on that slow climb. I mean, I remember with, you know, it was a joke with all of its Comic Sans glory um, for so long. And then one year, all of a sudden, Apple Notes was just better. And then they didn't stop. And there's a lot of people who have completely replaced services like Evernote at this point with Apple notes. Um, but I have always complained in you as well, that there's not enough automation in Apple notes. I mean, it's like the shortcuts were always a little bit behind. Well, this is the year because Apple notes got a lot of love from shortcuts this year. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did. Um, you know, they've, they've just really, 
updated all of it to to make it so much easier, I think. Um, and this is, you know, evidenced with, you know, this the number of new actions, which really are power user features, but they're not just for power users. You know, like creating a tag is something that, you know, okay, only a power user is going to put that into an automation. Are you sure? Like somebody who's cr- trying to do like a project setup to make it really easy for themselves, like being able to create a new folder in Apple Notes and create um, a new tag with, you know, specific, you know, sub tags, perhaps, um, you know, however they want to do that and moving notes that already exist into a folder, things like that, and removing a note a tag from a note if they've decided that, hey, all the things in this category are no longer, um, you know, relevant to that. Y- you can do all of that now. And that's just so amazing. Yeah, I mean, they what they've done is they've just given you almost complete control with automation of almost anything you could do in the app with your finger in yeah. iOS 15. And can we just let's let's put a pin in Apple and let's just talk about this big change with um donation of uh, automation actions and how that's changed. And you as a developer, maybe you're probably best suited to explain it, but they have dramatically simplified the process for app developers. Yes. Yeah. So previously, and I've attempted to do this multiple times before, creating a shortcut action as a developer was a considerably less than fun, pleasant, or easy experience. It was so incredibly unintuitive in many ways. Um, Like, I'm sure once you got your head around it and, and, and did it, it was fine. But for me coming in as a, a somebody who who didn't have an iOS app um, and, you know, I speak Swift and Objective-C to an extent. Uh, I'm sure some of my code would make other developers cry, but that is the case with any developer writing code. I'm sure somebody out there will hate it. Um, but I would look at it and go, okay, I, I, I have a shortcut here from a similar thing that does something very similar to what I want to do. So I'm going to create a new shortcut action. And an hour and a half later, I would still not have a shortcut action. Uh, and I would have just no idea why. And I just give up and go and eat, you know, a very large bar of chocolate. And now they've actually made it easy. Like, not just easy, intuitive um, and simple. And there are app developers out there going, yep, love this, really easy. Uh, yeah, so I just implemented it all in like an hour. Um, and I've got 20 shortcut sections now. We're good. <laughs> uh, so they, they've just simplified it so much, you know. Consider it like a, a change from like having the entire Encyclopedia Britannica as your instruction manual to having a three-page IKEA diagram. Um, like that—that's kind of the sort of scale of simplicity that we're talking about now. When they've when they've made it for adding these actions. Now, it, it t- tell me if I'm wrong, but as I understand it, basically any um, call that your app makes, you can attach it to a shortcut. I guess with some, of course, with some. Um, limitation but in general you can take basically anything your app does and say oh this is a good idea i'm going to make this a shortcut and you check a box is it that it's not quite that simple um and it it isn't check a box um but it is a lot easier than it used to be um they've not quite made it possible to attach to any call because um I mean, everything technically is a call in programming terms if you yeah. if you trace it right back down to the operating system route and, and beyond. Um, but they, they have made it much easier to um, create app shortcuts. And, and, you know, there's an app shortcuts provider, a shortcut definition and the buttons and tip views. So um, 
like the the uh, name that people use and so on. And not only that, but they've also pretty much solved the chicken and the egg problem um, because they had the same problem that Microsoft Store had, um, you know, back when there was a Windows phone. Anybody remember that? There were no apps on the Windows phone because there were no users. And there were no users on the Windows phone because there were no apps. Yeah. Well, guess what? A whole bunch of apps didn't have shortcuts actions because users aren't going to find that. Users aren't going to use that. That's not going to be something that they want. Um, and users weren't going to use the shortcuts app because they didn't have the actions that they wanted. You know, they'd go in and they'd type in the name of their their car parking app and it just wouldn't have an action. Um, and they've solved that by giving us a, a section in. So if you go to uh, the shortcuts tab, which was previously called my shortcuts, it's now just called shortcuts. Um, and then you go to the folders view, um, you know, so from from like all shortcuts or one of your folders, if you go backwards on the iPhone or uh, just um, look in the left tab on on your Mac, uh, you'll see a new section called app shortcuts, which are, <laughs> guess what? There's one, one action shortcuts that you, you had before. And uh, voice memos is in there. That's the, the Apple demo, uh, which has two actions or two shortcuts, record voice memo and play last voice memo. Um, and when you open those, um, it, it does does just you know do exactly what you would expect it to do, um, but you can then like it looks like a shortcut, but it's an action. Um, and some other developers have got things in here as well. You know, like uh, hey, fancy that drafts. Drafts has got actions in shortcuts. Who knew? Um, but they've got you know it allows the developers to make it really easy. And it's not in that area before where it was in the gallery. And I've just tapped the gallery and I've got a loading screen. Yeah, <laughs> and you had to wait for it to load. And then you had to kind of scroll down and then you would find a section called shortcuts from your apps. Um, and it, it was really hidden that that's kind of gone now. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it's a lot easier for uh, app developers to get onto, you know, the main screen of shortcuts now. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, if you go and look inside of the actions, so many actions, so many great actions, shortcuts has added new actions even. But, you know, this is still, you know, a, a good improvement, I would say. You know, I've got a I've got an app here that I'm test flighting, and I'm I'm really pleased to see that it's got uh, shortcuts actions in that section. So it's it just makes sense to me, and I also like the fact that when I tap it, it doesn't walk me through a whole flow of adding it; it just runs it. Like, what is this going to do? I tap on the record voice memo, and it it just does it. Um, so yeah, they've they've really solved the chicken and the egg problem in that developers aren't going to spend a whole bunch of time implementing something because nobody's going to use it, and they're never going to find it anyway. Um, to we've made this quick and easy and much easier for users to discover. And now we have more chickens and more eggs. And that's, exactly. that's the goal, right? I mean, so it's easier for users to find it. It's easier for developers to make it. And I really like kind of the emphasis on simple automations. I really think that is the the magic key to this stuff. There's a reason why when we do the show and we have guests out, we always ask for a simple automation in addition to a complex one. Everybody wants to show off, right, and give you their... 30 action shortcut, which is cool. But you know what people really need, honestly, is one to three action shortcuts that just solve a problem for them. Those are the ones that are yeah. going to get used. And I think Apple is really leaning into that. And uh, so, you know, getting so returning to notes, uh, notes, um, the the development team on notes was must must have been the, you know, the canary for this because they went <laughs> in and they did that. They went, they took the effort and like, Delete note, pin note, open notes account. So you can change your notes account with a shortcut. 
change the mm. settings of the app. I mean, there's never been shortcuts that allow you to change an app settings, but now there are. No. Um, yeah. Delete, delete folders. So folder management, create folders, move notes to folders. You know, Rose was talking earlier about tags. I mean, they have really done a great job of taking so many of the features that you would normally have to do by tapping on the screen and giving you shortcuts action so you can automate a bunch of this. And, you know, then it's up to you to go figure out how you're going to string this stuff together. Maybe yeah. you have, maybe use Apple Notes as like a, a dep- depository of information. It's your own personal version of Obsidian or Craft. And um, you go ahead and every time you get a new client, you give them a folder. Well, now you can create that folder in the same process of as part of a bigger shortcut. And um, I'm really excited about that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just imagining like a, a whole new project workflow. Okay, and I kind of feel like this is a shortcut that Apple ought to make and put in the shortcuts gallery because like imagine it, it pops up and it asks you, hey, what's the new project? Um, and you, so you type in the project name or you speak the project name depending on how you've um, you know, I- implemented or called the shortcut. And then it goes off and it creates a folder in Apple Notes. It creates a list of reminders. Um, and, you know, it adds a new pinned note in that Apple in the Apple Notes folder um, with um, project setup with a whole bunch of checkboxes in there. Um, and, you know, adds adds the as the tag project setup to that. Um, and then, you know, it, it creates a new tab group for that project. And, you know, that that just right there is really, really simple. It's only a couple of actions, but imagine how much time that would save somebody. Um, you know, they'd have, you know, their standard, you know, project setup uh, list, which they which they always use to set up a project. And that's just been pinned for them in a note in in notes. And they've now got a reminders list for this. They've got a tab group. So when they're looking at links, oh, right, I can send that over to the tab group for this project. Perfect. Done. That's so simple, but so useful to people. And I feel like, you know, this is why the Apple stuff implementing good shortcuts actions is really so critical because a lot of people will just try and do stuff with the native apps and they're not going to go looking for something else if they don't think that it's even vaguely going to be possible. Whereas if they get the idea that there's a possibility that they could tap a button or speak a phrase and then just add a few details, then and suddenly they've got a whole project set up ready for them. Well, that's pretty cool. So if you use Apple Notes, I strongly recommend as soon as you get this installed as iOS 16, go in shortcuts and take a look at all the actions for notes because I suspect you'll find new ways to automate if you do. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client or tracking down those same FAQs from the company website. These are the kind of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster, and that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your teamwork's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander and then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, your clipboard, and more. This will make sure that you still keep the personality and the communication that you send whilst, you know, eliminating all that hard work. 
TextExpander is available on every device you use, across any app you use, on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use TextExpander for all sorts of things, from quickly expanding those database URLs and things like that at work, to, you know, just making sure I spelt my own name right. Yeah, really. I really love that you can nest text expander snippets. So I can have one ex- snippet expand another snippet as part of it, which means that I only have one place that I store data so that I don't have to go and update something in 20 places if something were to change. And of course, it boosts my productivity by meaning that I'm not spending my time, you know, messing with typos and other things like that because I've just got it right the first time. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need text expander. Check out Text Expanded today at textexpanded.com slash automators and you get 20% off your first year. That's textexpanded.com slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expanded for their support of this show. We've been going a little slow so far, but it's because we're, you know, kind of getting this underlying technology change, which is going to change everything. I mean, we're giving you the new actions that are shipping, but... I expect a lot of our favorite apps are going to be jumping on this bandwagon and we're going to have this explosion of new actions. And that yes. is exactly what we're looking for. Um, uh, reminders didn't get as much love. Um, you've got a few things there. You can. Yeah. I mean, you've got the ability to create a list in reminders, which is yeah. a much underrated action. I think uh, just being able to create a new reminders list. You know, I mentioned before in the example project, new projects shortcut. You, you would be able to, you know, actually create a reminders list for your specific project now. And that is something that you just, you couldn't do before. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad that you can. And it, it's, of course, also got the same um, focus mode in, integration um, that the, the other uh, apps that have got. So anything that integrates with focus modes, I believe, actually does get a, a shortcut action for free. Um, pretty much because um, they they get that that you know set this focus filter, um, which is which is really nice. But you know the fact that you can just create a new list in reminders now is is great, and you know you can nest things as well um, it, with reminders. So you know back to that project setup that I that I uh, mentioned. You know you can create a list and then have a task in it called setup, and then create nested subtasks underneath that setup task. Um, so, you know, you, you can really go pretty far with reminders now and you can open a specific smart list and you can create your own smart list now and unpin the original smart lists. So if you want to, you know, have your own, uh, views, which are important to you in reminders, you can, you can take advantage of that. And I feel like actually being able to open a new smart list or any smart list is, is actually very important, uh, for folks. Yeah. Do, do you have, and maybe you just answered my question with the subroutines, but do you have a workflow yet to create a new list and then add items to that list in the same shortcut? Because like yeah. historically you'd have already have to have the list in existence so you could refer to it. But the, when you create the shortcut, it doesn't know the name of the list yet because you haven't made it yet. Uh, yes. So um, I believe what I did, and now I'm just looking to see um, if I can do that, um, what I did was I, um, yeah, I, I just used the output of the create list action. So if you yeah. tap and hold on the list of yeah, the, mag- um, the magic variable, the selected yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can do the magic variable and you can actually have your list in there, yeah. which is really, really useful. That was not there earlier. I'll tell you, cause I, I remember banging my head into that. Yeah. I think that's new. Um, 
So yeah, that's really cool. And they also, like, it's not in shortcuts, which is a shame. And I feel like the reminders team need a little bit of a tap on the shoulder and going, hey, you remember that thing called shortcuts? Um, Templates. Templates exist in reminders now. Um, And um, so you can create a template from any list um, and and just co- and save it as a template. And I don't know, maybe I actually have to have like a uh, a a template um, to 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 be able to use this inside of shortcuts. But it would be really nice if I could like create, update, and um, uh, use my templates from shortcuts um, within reminders. Um, maybe maybe that's coming later. But I guess we'll see. But as it is, they've they've added some some automation, even if they put didn't put it in shortcuts. But you can kind of brute force your way around that by uh, coding your template into shortcuts. So yes, you yeah, could you say can. like if you had a list of things every time you do the monthly report, and rather than make a template in Reminders, you could just create a shortcut that says create list called monthly report, and then under that, using the trick we just talked about, add the four or five tasks to that. And you just run the shortcut and it creates it for you. So it templates it via shortcuts as opposed to the built-in template system. Yeah, the limitation there is your nested tasks. Like if you want to use a lot of nested, yeah. um, like sort of um, reminders, um, then it, it, it you, it's doable in shortcuts, to be clear. It, you definitely can do it. It is just not intuitive at all, um, To especially if you want to do it in a really nice, efficient way where at the top you've just got a text action which has a list of your your um, reminders in with a tab indent in front of the ones that are within the parent one, like there is no easy way to automate that in in shortcuts, unfortunately, other than just hey, and then get this reminder and then use that as the parent for these, um, which it's just not not as uh, nice as it could be. So it would be really nice if we actually had like full access to our templates inside of shortcuts. Are you still doing your task management in OmniFocus? Yes, yes, I am. Yeah, me too. I, I've been looking at the other options out there. You know, I thought, well, no, I'm no longer a lawyer. Maybe I can use something less intense. But I just love OmniFocus. Yeah, and yeah. Anything that doesn't have a defer date, unfortunately, no longer works for me. Um, yeah. Like OmniFocus has ruined me for all other apps. Um, the fact that I can defer things and have a due date um, and the automations as well. Uh, yeah. I really love the fact that I have, you know, automations that just go in and they like so i add things from various stores into my omnifocus inbox and then they get magically squirreled away by an automation script um that just tags them with the right store name cleans up the title and puts them in a shopping uh thing a shopping project uh which is a a single action list and then whenever i go past that store i have a geolocation set on the tag so i get reminded but only if there's things on the list um and honestly you know i'm ruined for everything else because of that (laughs) And they have that review mechanism and you can URL link anything for me, you know, with the, the contextual computing thing I do having links to not just tasks, but projects and contexts, it really kind of makes it makes my whole thing work. But I do feel like reminders is creeping up and to the extent that things that are less intense than OmniFocus are getting gobbled up by reminders at this point because it just keeps, keeps getting more and more features every year. So um, if you haven't looked at reminders in a while and you don't want something um, like OmniFocus, you should you should take a look at reminders. I think it's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with reminders. The team there have been working really hard into making it into a really good task management app that is still simple. So uh, yeah, just uh, 
get those templates and shortcuts for me and I'll give it another whirl. What about Safari? What are you excited about with new actions in Safari? Tab groups. We got yeah. tab groups. So you can create a tab group. You can open a tab group. Um, and of course, tab groups are linked into the focus modes, filters, uh, which we'll we'll get to in a future episode. But it's just really great that like tab groups have shortcut support now. So I have various uh, shortcuts that I use and they're sort of ephemeral. They they come and they go uh, based on what I'm up to. Uh, so at the moment, I'm I'm taking a week off actually next week as, as we record this episode. Um, and I've got a whole bunch of like DIY and home projects that I want to do. Like I'm installing some new smart lights in my bedroom um, in like I've got sort of like built in alcoves in, in the corner. I've got uh, cupboards above my bed. Uh, going down to little uh, nightstands on either side of the bed, and there's a little alcove uh, area, and there were some shelves. So I'm putting in integrated lighting, of course. Uh, but this is me; it's smart lighting, of course it is. Um, and uh, you know, so I've got links to some of the things for stuff like that, and I'm just able to put it all into a tab group really easily. And now I can actually create and open those tab groups with specific Safari actions, which means that you know I have um, you know a home screen right now set up for that week off with. You know, it's got a widget for my favorite, uh, for my playlist and and so on. And then it's also got some some shortcuts actions to take me right to like specific focus modes um, or, or filters. Um, and that includes tab groups. And that's just really cool that I can go to a specific tab group because previously you just you, you couldn't go to a tab group. You can really do anything with them. Um, and now not only that, but you can also open uh, new tabs, new private tabs. Um, and, you know, that it's just great stuff. Yeah, the, the way focus mode has tied into everything is the reason why we're giving it a separate show, but it, it is really remarkable. And they are like trying to make a system where you can stay focused, which is really the goal here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it almost feels like it's the opposite of um, the the device, you know, what the device is intended to do, right? A phone is intended, like... Uh, phoning is a synchronous communication. So if I call you, you have to stop what you're doing and then pick it up and talk to me. But they're yeah. really trying to make it into a device that is meets your needs at that moment, um, of whatever those needs might be. And it's it's just really great to see that all of the things are really coming together. Um, I've also noticed, David, with something that's appeared recently, which I hadn't noticed until now, find bookmarks and open bookmark are shortcut sections. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, I, I, this is great because I've been, I've been having a little bit of a problem in that I've got the same data saved in a couple of different places because I need access to it in different places. Um, and like it's links to things like the links to the Google Drive folder for all of our automated show notes or uh, the Google Sheet for iOS Today and things like that. Because if I have them in a bookmark, I can't get at them and on, and on other devices and so on. So I can't easily build them into, focus mode things or bunches or whatever it is, but they've now added find bookmarks and open bookmark as shortcuts actions, which allows me to now have a single action shortcut that just opens a specific bookmark um, so that I can, you know, go to whatever it is that I need. Um, and of course, you can also close tabs and find tabs um, and and all of that. So I'm you know, this is this is really good work from the Safari team. I'm really impressed. They've snuck in a couple of features that I hadn't realized uh, were there. Um, and you can also toggle like a reader view now in Safari, yeah. which is great. So, yeah, I'm just I'm loving it. It's so good. And like browser setups and context are things I've historically done in Keyboard Maestro, which tied me yeah. to the Mac. And 
Now with these tools coming in, I can actually rewrite these into shortcuts and use them on an iPad or a phone or a Mac, you know, I can use them on any device from Apple. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like. I like to, to get my automation more mobile between my devices. So it doesn't matter which one I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. I've also just noticed they snuck in another one, David. Find tab groups. I can get a list of all of my tab groups. This is great. I now all I need was is there. Was that, when yeah. did that come in? I don't know. Like maybe it just appeared in the latest beta. Um, but uh who, who knows? Uh, there's probably gonna be another beta while we're recording this, knowing my luck. Um, but um, you know, that that's really good. I just wish Safari and Safari Technology Preview had the same tab groups. That tripped me up the other day. I was yeah. trying to find a tab group that I created. Um, and I realized it was in Safari Technology Preview instead of Safari and was able to get it on my other Mac, fortunately. Um, but I wasn't able to get it on my iPhone. Uh, I might have to uh, file some feedback about that and ask if we can share the folk, uh, share our tab groups. But yeah, there's just so many cool new actions here. I'm really glad that I've just uh, pulled this up. I've got I've got my iOS 15 pushcut uh, automation server here, which should probably be running iOS 16 because there's a little beta uh, out for that. Um, but uh, you know, I've got one of them uh, running iOS 15, and the other phone running iOS 16. So I'm just sitting here looking at them, going, "Wait a second, when, when did?" bookmarks show up and and all of these so that's really cool yeah and something we haven't said today that you should be aware of is not all of these actions are showing up on the ipad and iphone and i'm the mac uh, unfortunately i think particularly with the mac it seems like some of these actions we got some new actions on the mac they didn't show up anywhere else but we also didn't get some of these actions over on the mac like as of the last beta i checked on the mac go to a specific Apple Mail mailbox is not available. I don't have a beta yeah. in front of me right now, but I assume that's still the case. And uh, it could just be a thing where they just haven't got there yet to implement it. You know, they haven't, they're yeah. not shipping that until maybe October. So, but, you know, there may be some hangups as you get this out into the public and actions aren't on your devices. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, people running, um, you know, macOS tend to be slower to upgrade than those running iOS. You know, iOS people, uh, you know, are much more likely to be aware of a big update sooner, uh, to be honest. And it's also much less likely to break um, something that is considered a critical workflow. Um, the way Mac apps work, um, you know, sometimes uh, some app developers just go, yeah, nah, you can't like I've, I'm, I've just hard coded it and we're stopping support on uh, devices that I've or uh, operating systems I've not yet tested for, and to be fair, you know it, there are a lot of things that could change. Though I have to say, my bank app also does this. So if I try and launch my bank app on iOS 16, uh, it just crashes. It doesn't tell me why, and I had to have a very long conversation with three different people at the bank before one of them finally understood that I just needed to know that there wasn't a problem with my bank account because I was completely and utterly unable to log in because they had locked me out on the device that was the secure authentication token. Uh, and they just crash it, apparently, when you're running a beta iOS. So that was a, a fun discussion when I found that out. And uh, long story short is I'm switching banks. But, you know, it's it's much less likely that somebody is going to update their Mac day one of a new operating system than it is they will their iPhone. I will tell you one thing. I think somebody at Apple, high up, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was Phil Schiller, but I know he's not, he's not as active anymore. Somebody went somewhere and they parked their car and then they couldn't find it because now we have a bunch of support in maps to, uh, to find your parked car. 
Uh, you yeah, can... you can mark your car as parked as well. And I think this is great when you've got like a rental car or something. If you've got CarPlay in your main car and you're going, well, why would I want this? Uh, yeah. Well, just think of not having CarPlay. And if you rent a car, um, then you may not have CarPlay or, um, you know, it, it you are traveling with a friend and they don't have CarPlay or Android Play, um, but they they fr frequently forget where they've parked their car. Um, so now you can set your parked car you can get the details of the parked car um and uh you can also get your parked car location i'm not quite sure what the difference between details of your parked car and the uh parked car location is I, I pulled that one up while we were while you were, were you talking you can set the location you can add notes you can take a photo i mean it's just got a bunch of other details like i was thinking like if you uh, are going to disneyland and you say i am on the goofy level, you know, row seven, you know, yeah. section B, you know, so you could probably add details. Oh, that, that is really good because what I've been using for this, um, instead is cheat sheet, um, which I've been able to use, uh, through shortcuts. It's got great shortcut support and I've, um, I've actually had it as a lock screen widget and I'm probably still going to keep that. But the fact that I can actually now add that into the, the shortcut information. So if I open up the maps app, uh, it adds a little pin where you've parked your car. And uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be able to, you know, have that on the pin, which is really cool as well as on my lock screen. So I'm really excited by that. And hopefully people will stop losing their car. I know uh, some folks who don't have CarPlay will now just be able to stick like a little NFC tag uh, in their car. Uh, and then you can tap your phone to it when you get out of the car and it'll just mark it as parked for you. That'll be great. Um, and it'll have the correct location and everything. I was thinking about that. Yeah, like how much does that make sense as a shortcuts-based automation? Like, for instance, when Daisy and I park at Disneyland, we get out and just take a silly picture in front of the, the sign of where we're parked next to. But, you know, I could see, you know, like maybe building an automation around this. Where uh, David, you have your magic bands, right? Do you, do you wear your magic bands at Disney California too? Uh, no, but they're adding them. Not oh. yet, but they will be. So, okay. yeah, I okay. know where you're because going Because my here. thought yeah. is... Yeah, like the first time you tap your phone to uh, your your magic band in the day, it should prompt you to choose the picture of the car um, and get the location out of the picture of the car and mark the car as parked with the picture. Yeah, that would be that'd be clever. Now, how would you do that so it only prompts you the first time? Because the second time I would tap it, I would want it to open the Disneyland app. Yeah, so the, the way I would do that is I would really simply... Uh, just use data jar and every time um, you open the app, get the the data jar variable, which will be um, like a Disney date or something, call it that. Yeah. And if that and then set that to today. Yeah. OK, but if it isn't, if the date isn't today, then, you know, it wasn't today. Uh, Rose, um, you're so and, smart. And do it from there. So smart. You're, you are a clever programmer. Yeah. So that's good. So you well, I mean, you reset the token. You can also hook right? it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just I I just use the date, yeah. right? Because you probably aren't going to go to Disney twice in yeah. one day. Um, like logically speaking, like it could happen. I could see that there would definitely be an instance where it would happen, but it's yeah. unlikely. And if it happens, you know, and if that happens, then you you can work around it, right? Um, but it, as it is, you know, it would be really simple to just save market, save a date in a data jar. <laughs> uh, I, I like that idea. Save the date in data jar. Um, and then uh, just get the date. And if it's if the date is today's date, um, then uh, do that. Just make sure that you only do the date, not the date and time, because otherwise the date and time is never going to be the yeah. current date. Yeah. Uh -uh. 
But if, if you format it as just the date, then you should be good to go. So yeah, that that's probably how I do that. Um, and then, yeah. But also you could just attach it to disconnecting from CarPlay and just check your location. And if you're at Disney, um, then have it like throw up a prompt to go. Like actually what you could do with that um, is use a push cut action to send yourself a push cut notification to mark the car as parked. And then when you tap that, it runs the shortcut. Yeah. Another option I was thinking was a focus mode because you use a, a location-based focus mode, which I've already been doing, um, where when I arrive at the Disney park, it changes the home screen. It changes my notification preferences, does all that stuff. But the problem is it triggers the geo before you park. You know, as soon as you get in the in or near the structure, it's already triggered. So it's it's too early in the process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that's why I I hook it into the magic bands when you get the magic bands. And also you can wear the magic band to Disney California even if you can't use it, right? Yeah, you can. But they, they are actually in the process of adding them. So that's gonna be, I think, pretty pretty soon in the future. As we're recording this, we're I'm gonna be going uh, next weekend to D twenty three, which is the big Disney kind of like version of Comic Con. Daisy is uh, mm-hmm. is working at it and she got me in, so I'm gonna go in for one day and I fully expect we're going to get a big announcement about magic bands at Disneyland. So nice. So you're getting your Disneyland news here too today. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, the good news is David, I'm, I'm also booking a plane ticket. I'm just going to come crash that. No, yeah, well, I'm going to have to come visit and, and see uh, Disney again because I only got a day there last time. Right. I, I probably need to make it, make it at least two days next time. And I missed out on all the Star Wars stuff. So I've, I've got to come back. You do. And my construction will be done soon and we're going to have a guest room. So you, you, I, got a, I got a bed for you. Lovely. All right. Arranged. Um, we mentioned shortcuts earlier. Shortcuts got love this year, not just in shortcuts, but also shortcuts actions, which is kind of meta, yeah. but it's good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shortcuts already had shortcuts actions, to be clear. It's just got more shortcuts actions now. Um, so, you know, you can delete shortcuts um, and you can also open shortcuts as well as running them. Um, and so like you can go to like an edit mode um, and uh, create shortcuts with shortcut actions as well. Um, and I feel like the delete and the open are really good when you combine it with the get shortcuts uh, actions. So you can get shortcuts from, say, a specific uh, folder, and then you can choose from list and then use the result of your choose from list to, um, you know, open it or delete it as as is appropriate um, so that, you know, you can clean up your shortcuts library a little bit if, like me, you have a... Oh my God, I don't know how many shortcuts. 1,337, David. I have elite number of shortcuts. <laughs> This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Hover. Make a name for yourself and get 10% off any domain name. Just go to hover.com slash automators. Hover is one of RelayFM's longest running sponsors. When you have that one big idea, where do you go? Well, your business starts with a domain name. So for many entrepreneurs, Hover is that big leap. For me, it was. Both Max Sparky and Sparks Law started on Hover. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from, so No matter what it is you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. And they're dedicated to getting you online, not upselling you. Hover has a free who is privacy, so the bad guys don't get your information, a clean user interface, uh, monthly sales on popular top-level domains, and it's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. Every time I get a new harebrained idea for something I want to do on the internet, I go to Hover. And some of those ideas don't turn out to be harebrained. Some of them 
changed my life, like MaxSparky.com and for a while, SparksLaw.com. I have nothing but good feelings when I go to Hover because it's always the starting off place for something exciting in my life. Now, we know you like intuitive user experiences and things that just work straight out of the box, so I know you'll appreciate Hover. Their user interface is really simple, clean, easy to navigate. It doesn't feel like you're playing a video game where they're trying to take more money from you. They just give you what you need. Years ago, I bought my kids their domains, and I did that through Hover. And now as they're growing up, I'm getting ready to hand the keys over to them. So why don't you buy your domain and start using it today? Go to hover.com slash automators and get a 10% discount on all new purchases. That URL, one more time, is hover.com slash automators, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R-S. Make a name for yourself with Hover, and our thanks to Hover for their support of the automators and all of FM. Uh, so, David, do you read on your iPad? Because books got some new actions. Yeah, although I have to admit, I, I spend a lot more time in the Amazon app than the Apple Books app these days. But um, the, uh, the some of the new actions, I think, are really interesting. Like, you can have it open a specific book or open a collection of books. So, let's say you've got, like, kind of self-help books. You could have a shortcut that sets you up to read those books or some other kind of books. You can also change the point size and... I think this is another one where they got the the automation boon of the simplicity of adding actions. The The books team has gone through and done the same thing the Apple Notes team did. Yes. Yeah, I really feel like they did. The only thing I'm noting right now is I've just opened my phone to double check what the actions were. And um, the books app has disappeared. Um, it did briefly have a, uh, a open PDF in books action. And then uh, the books app just disappeared entirely. But I'm going to blame that on the fact that most of the other apps aren't appearing in shortcuts either right now. Yeah. So I think I found a small glitch that will need to be fixed before iOS releases. But as it is, uh, you know, I'm really glad that the books app has got some some love there as well, because, you know, especially for people who use collections to organize, you know, their 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 fiction from their nonfiction or work related reading material from everything else, you know, being able to just open a particular collection or similar whilst you're, you know, in your work focus mode is really great. Yeah, and something you just mentioned that I want to know is I have been a little concerned about shortcuts ability to find actions throughout this beta period where like you'll pull an app and actions that you know exist won't show up or it just it just seems a little you know unusual in its ability think, to find actions yeah so i think that this is um an unfortunate reaction to let's say um the uh the fact that they're adding aliases to shortcuts actions so do you remember when exit shortcut got renamed to stop shortcut yeah uh that was a a change that happened i think in ios 14 I still type exit to this day when I'm looking for that action. And guess what I can't find? Yeah. The stop shortcut action because it just wouldn't show up. Um, but now what they've done is they, they've they added support for um, basically aliases or secondary names for actions so that you can find them more easily. Um, and uh, I believe that unfortunately the fact that you sometimes couldn't find an action is a, 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 a bug related to the fact that they've been adding more ways to find the actions um, so, uh, hopefully that's all been fixed. I've not been having that problem recently myself. Um, so hopefully that's not happening anymore for you either, but, uh, that was definitely something that came up in one of the early betas. And also I'd search for something and start scrolling down and realize it hadn't done the search. So I'd have to scroll back up and tap into the search bar and then it would run the search. Um, and that's all gone away now. Yeah, too. So that so bug that's went away the... for me a while ago. I haven't had that. Yeah. Much, but 
But yeah, sometimes is, the actions I, I find, maybe I'm just not as um, fluent with them as you are, but sometimes I'm like, well, wait a second. Then I, then I will find it sometimes just doing a scroll or, or, or a different search coming at it from a different angle. But but maybe it's just me. Um, but that, yeah, that's something yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah, I found like if I search for um, an, an action and then I tap into an app, then my search remains active. Um, and the thing that catches me every time is then I clear the search and it also clears my app filter. And it's like, actually, no, I wanted to clear the search and stay in the app filter. Like I've now found the app that I'm looking for. Like I just want to have an unfiltered list of actions from that app. Um, so maybe I should file that as feedback actually, because that's, that's not the expected behavior for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, it probably is for everybody else, but it certainly isn't for me. There's also kind of a group of new like systems actions, which are all pretty notable. I think we should, let's just go through those. Uh, the yeah. first one is set personal hotspot. You know, now that wasn't there before, but now let's say you want to have an airport mode or something. You can have it turn on your personal hotspot for you. And then when you leave it, you can have it turn it off. And I think that's a real handy little action. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, you know, really useful. Like I have, um, I've actually configured this so that when I connect to the uh, Bluetooth in my dad's car, uh, it pops up and it asks me if I want to turn on the hotspot um, so that, you know, I, I can turn on the hotspot on my phone. And then when I disconnect it, it pops up and asks me if I want to disable a hotspot. Um, and uh, of course, because it's Bluetooth, you know, that can't run entirely automatically, but I also don't want it to run automatically. Um, so yeah, it's just really nice to be able to, to, you know, turn that on and off. Um, but they've also taken those really cool image actions where you can like pick up a picture of your dog and drop it into messages like a sticker. Yeah. And they've made that into a shortcuts action along with extracting text from images as a shortcuts action. So you can remove the image background and you can get the text from an image inside of a shortcut section, which is just so cool. And that is one of the ones that I've actually given to uh, my mom and my dad um, because they do take pictures of text and then they want to be able to copy something. And they kind of, you know, it, it can be a bit tricky in photos. Like if you enter the wrong edit mode or you change what you're looking at in the edit mode, then you lose the ability to select text. Um, and that happens quite frequently um, when, when they're trying to do things. So um, I'm really glad that uh, you, you can now just extract this with, um, you know, with a shortcuts action. So they, they now have fancy new home screen apps, which don't, they're, they're just shortcuts, but hey, it, it works for them. Yeah. And just unrelated, once you get iOS 16 installed, if you want to impress anyone in your life, go to them, take a picture of their kid or their dog or whatever, and then just immediately drag it out of the image and let them watch you do it and put it into a message and send it to them. And it's a background removed image with a simple drag. I mean, I guess we should not be as impressed by this as we are, because this has been a technology that's been evolving for a long time. First, it was like a $600 Photoshop feature. Then it eventually became a free preview feature with a little manipulation. And now it's just literally drag it out. And um, it works really well. And I I think this is going to be the one that all the non-nerd types are really excited about because it's just so fun and um are you did you use that much in the beta i mean i i, I was really impressed with it the first couple of weeks but to be honest with you I, I don't really use it very much so it's one of those things that i go through using in sort of fits and spurts um so i was in ikea a couple of weeks ago um and uh taking pictures of something that my mom had asked me uh to look for for her they they were looking at uh footstools um but like 
you know, Ikea is kind of cramped at times and there's like all the things everywhere and all the people. And it was really difficult to get uh, a shot of just the footstool that I was like, you know, trying to show them. Um, and, uh, so I actually used that feature then because I was able to just pick up the footstool and drop it into messages. And so we didn't have the, yeah, yeah. I really like that one. Okay. There's six in the picture, mom. I need you to tell me which one you really like so that I can actually measure it for you. Uh, of course, Ikea have got all this stuff on their website, but this is my mother. She, she wasn't actually in the mood for browsing the website, even though I sent her the links. Uh, so yeah, it was really useful for that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to use this and having other people use it when they send things to me. It can be very difficult sometimes. Somebody takes a picture and sends it to you and goes, hey, isn't this awesome? And there's three things in the picture and you don't know which one it is. So maybe they'll use that instead. Yeah, I was trying to experiment as we sat here to send you a picture that my dog is asleep in her bed, which kind of matches her fur. And um, so I I did it. This is really disturbing. Um, In fact, I I don't think we should put this in the show. It cut her head off. It's just her body without her head. (laughs) Oh, well, the good news is, David, is I got a lovely little picture of her asleep in her little doggy bed um, on the floor. So, you know, that, that's, that's <laughs> I would say, an improvement over uh, something going missing. Yeah, it's like because she has a collar on and just decided, OK, that's the top. And uh, this yeah. is this is not I'm not sharing this with the audience. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the thing that um, to me is a little um, perhaps sad um, is the fact that, um, you know, if I. Uh, oh, tap on the photos um, like built-in app in uh, in the messages app I can't do it from there uh, but the good news is is I, I got a play date David uh, you know the panic play date the yeah. little cube uh, gaming thing with the uh, black and white display yeah. uh, love it as a side note but I took a picture of the box when it arrived uh, and the little uh, uh, the box for the case as well that it came in and I was able to just pick that that picture up um, and, uh, it was on the bubble wrap and the brown paper behind it. And the brown paper kind of blends in with the yellow box. Yeah. It did a really great job. It did a really great job picking up, uh, the, the play date in that picture. Yeah, no, it's, it's impressive. And I do encourage you to play with this and share it with some of your friends because it, it is really a nice feature and now it's shortcut automation. So you can just do it. Um, yeah. We got the ability to optimize the size of a PDF. I feel like that's kind of the boon from the stuff they're doing over on the Mac. Yes. Yeah, That that's definitely a case of, hey, there's a great automator action for this and we can implement it on iOS too. Let's do this. Same thing because the Mac app got the clock app now. And this is stuff that we'll talk about once they ship Ventura. But, you know, you couldn't set timers and shortcuts on the Mac because there was no clock app. And I'm convinced the only reason we have a clock app on the Mac now is for shortcuts. But you had to, you know, you wanted the ability to choose between tabs on the Mac, and they brought that over to the iPhone. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they did, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, they've also just, you know, given, given us, um, you know, better integration by having things in all the places. The thing that for me is still not in all the places, which I'm missing, is the ability to uh, use the sleep focus mode as a trigger on anything that's not an iPhone. Yeah, um, like it's just not a trigger on iPadOS, and I really wish it was because. I know that it doesn't have the health kit integration, though I personally don't see a good reason why the health app isn't on my iPad. Imagine looking at your ECG there. Um, but I, it would be really nice if I could use the sleep focus mode as a trigger because that is my end of day. Like when my sleep focus mode engages, that means that my day is over and I want to reset things back to their usual state with, you know, the the rotation lock and 
the way it should be. And also, I would like my uh, iPad sound volume to be set back to the default state. And I have to kind of work around it at the moment. And I don't love doing what I'm doing there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. What I'm doing, David, uh, is, uh, you know, the Disney shortcut where I mentioned saving the date in data jar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I save the date um, and the hour um, in um, in data jar, and then um, I trigger a different focus mode, and then I trigger, and then from the other focus mode, that's what triggers everything on my iPads, and then I trigger the sleep mode again. Yeah, uh, so it's not great. Um, and and when it when it triggers the sleep mode, it checks whether or not um, the current date and hour is in uh, data jar. If I trigger it at like. 11 59 and 58 seconds then i it might happen twice but yeah I, I can live with that i think at some point we have to do a show on ways rose hacks data jar to add features <laughs> because we have like a whole collection of them i love data jar honestly it's really great like i i have like periodic uh things that trigger on various devices which will do things like create a daily note in agenda for my work stuff but because the precise like time trigger and so on isn't uh, necessarily perfect, I actually just store the date um, and the ID of the note in data jar um, so that I know that I've created a note for this date. And then I can open today's note with just like one click or one tap from anywhere um, and go straight to it. And I love the fact that I can do that and I wouldn't be able to do it without data jar. So, yeah, we should we should do another show on data jar. Maybe we should get Simon back again and ask him what he's excited about and shortcuts and, yeah, that's and a all good the things idea. he's been up to. That's a good idea. Uh, one last thing. I, I really think the story here, we, we talked about it in the first segment, um, but the story here is that we've got more chickens and eggs. And yeah. uh, it's been fun today talking through the new actions we got. And, and historically, that's kind of the end of it, right? We get to the release of the operating system and then we, we were kind of settled for a year and some apps will show up on the scene like drafts and really take advantage of it. But in general, the, the growth rate of new actions has been revolving around September every year when Apple releases the new update. And I feel like that is changing this year. And I think that's the thing that's going to be fun for us as automators, as we make shows throughout the rest of the year, I think we're going to have a lot of apps that show up, that suddenly have way more shortcut support, which gives you more toys to play with, which allows you to easily make better um, shortcuts and automation. And uh, this is great. I mean, you see it happening on the Mac, but it's happening on the iPhone and the iPad too. And um, I I think that's going to be the big story of the next year for this show, that we are going to find increasingly more powerful yet easy to create automations because of what they've done in the back. And I hope that you take that away from the show and you bring a, a sense of curiosity to shortcuts because I think it's every time you open it up, you may find some new actions in there. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, it's it's just so great to see all the developers inside and outside of Apple going, yeah, shortcuts is shortcuts for everyone. You know, they renamed my shortcuts to shortcuts, but I feel like they're also taking shortcuts from just a nerd tool to, hey, Shortcuts is giving us some great idea. You know, like this is what people have been doing with it. And Apple have taken some of that and implemented it straight into the operating system, which I'm excited about, to be clear. You can still do this stuff through shortcuts, setting your wallpaper, setting your watch screen, watch face. But you can now do it really easily integrated into a focus mode. Um, And, you know, I think for a lot of people, like 
they they just need to kind of find out that if they if they go to the top of the hill, then they get to see the fun fair and the circus at the bottom. And they can do everything from sit on the merry-go-round to go on the roller coasters. But if they don't know the circus is there, then they're never going to come join it. All right. Well, on that, we're going to wrap up today's show. We are the Automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. You can t- find the forums at talk.automators.fm. I want to thank our sponsors today. That's our friends at Setout, Text Expander, and Hover. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye, folks.